commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another episode of Mando Talk. I am your host, as always, Caleb Keller, and DJ Foster is back. He is back with us here at Mando Talk to discuss the past week in Star Wars news. DJ, what is up and, and what kind of Sith business you've been up to? Nothing Sithy, <laughs> except maybe the dark side has invaded my router. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I am, I am, I'm coming to you live from Lagville, Texas. <laughs> uh, it is it is not the greatest wifi situation over here this evening, but you know what? We're going to power through this yeah. and just hope that the force will work in the mysterious ways that it does. I'm sure. pretty sure I'm not I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but uh-huh. pretty sure that the force is how Wi-Fi works. Last oh, I checked. It so. absolutely works through the force, no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's just hope let's hope that it just continues going well. Yeah. But as you said, I'm I don't do Sith stuff. I, <laughs> I am not a dark side guy. I never have been. So fair, I, I fair. do I do I do rebel scum stuff. That's what I do. I'm just okay. I'm always up here doing rebel scum stuff, specifically yeah. rebel scum Texan stuff. So yeah, you know, no, I get that. What about, I get what that about for you? Sure. What about, what about Man, you? I I have been doing great. I am so excited to have you back. Uh doing boba festivities number two is kind of weird just talking to the screen there for a little bit uh well actually i was talking to rfb in the chat and i see that rfb is back in the chat so welcome back rfb it's so glad to have you here or i'm so glad we're so glad everyone's so glad to have you here i'm glad yeah absolutely i'm glad i mean the do back behind me is glad there you go (laughs) well listen those of you that are on our podcast platforms we are thankful so thankful for you to continue to support us on that platform i i just feel the need to address that i I mentioned it last week i guess on boba festivities number two that our spotify numbers for this past year um are pretty incredible like growth of 100 percent 120 percent 100 something percent it's it's pretty remarkable and that's just spotify and believe it or not that is not our number one podcast platform that's Apple Podcasts. So who knows what those numbers look like? So that's just great news wow. all around. And I will say this, though, as always, I'm going to plug the YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcasts, come check us out visually, even though DJ might be lagging tonight. That's fine. You know, if it pauses on him and he's making a goofy face, you get some comedic relief out of the show. That's fun. That's that's what we do here. But not a really busy news week as far as the Star Wars realm goes so honestly me and dj a couple days ago were like look uh uh, we don't really have any news to discuss we might have to like do a special geekverse reactions or something and by the way if you like geekverse reaction stuff that's exclusively exclusively on youtube so check that out but we were kind of worried we were like oh man we're gonna have to pause on our tuesday shows with star wars news but luckily 
something came out that we can't wait to discuss. And looking at the title of this episode, you know that we're going to be discussing Rogue Squadron on this episode. And I can't wait to get to that conversation. But we wanted to open the show with some fun, if you will, to to kind of just express our love for Star Wars and to some things that we're kind of going through right now. And specifically, the thing going things we're going through right now is just we're not getting any new content like it, it's dead as far as new content goes. And something that came across my mind this week is how are us as Star Wars fans getting our Star Wars fix whenever new content isn't coming out. Uh, and DJ, do you want to go ahead and lead it off as far as maybe how you've been getting your your fix recently? I'll do my best given the the lagginess here, and I'll try to speak freely but speak slowly there so that everybody can maybe get what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll just see how it goes. But what I've been doing is what I've been rewatching the Clone Wars, and specifically been rewatching it in chronological order. You know, I, mm. I started I started from the beginning. If in case you, you're unaware, the Clone Wars TV series episodes are not in um, one long, you know, episode by episode order. They're kind right. of mixed in there. And thankfully, on the Star Wars website, they have a, a, an article that breaks it down chronologically, going from you know, I think the first actual episode you're supposed to watch is like in season two or three. It's mm -hmm. it's crazy. So. Um, it's a lot of fun, but you know, last, last week I said something about, uh, Barris Afi and, and Ahsoka's arc there. And the, one of the season five of Clone Wars being the, the best arc. I think I, I didn't really like say that. Well, I, I think what I really <laughs> wanted to convey was that uh -huh. that's the best Ahsoka centric arc. Oh, okay. Is what I really, is what I really wanted to get at. That's more understandable. But, sure. <laughs> yes. Cause it, like it, with, with what Barris does and how we get to Ahsoka's rest of her story and going into season yeah. seven, even, you know, it's, it's a lot. And so, but I think the overall, now I will say this, probably the overall best arc in the entire series mm -hmm. is uh, the arc where Pong Krell takes over for Anakin in the 501st. Uh, I mean, the, it's entertaining. The, the Ubarra stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and I, it's one, just sorry, one of, one of my one of my favorite ones and I, for some reason I feel like I just rewatched recently really for no reason. I don't know I don't know the title of the arc, but it's when Anakin is is kind of trapped with Tarkin underground i don't remember where this was oh that's that's the citadel arc. yes 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 yeah. i love that one love it well that that one's great because it connects all the way up to bad batch right you know, it, yeah because that's where echo kind of gets blown away and we think he's dead and then mm -hmm. eventually he joins the bad batch as we know from clone war season seven right so you know i've been like i said though as far as clone wars goes i've, I've been watching re-watching that and then Yesterday, I started watching The Rise of Skywalker, and I just I got busy doing house stuff, and I had to turn it off because I was getting distracted. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's one of those movies like it's very easy to get distracted by anything Star Wars. But yeah, that's well, where I'm at. What about what about you? What do you? I mean, that kind of connects. That connects to me because me, I watched The Rise of Skywalker last night. Uh, I got a oh, viewing cool. of that in. Uh, honestly me and the wife were sitting there and eating and for some reason star wars came up and i mean i'll just go ahead and say it to to 
make the fans recognize that your opinion isn't the only one that matters. Maddie's favorite Star Wars film is The Rise of Skywalker. So suck it, people that don't like the sequels. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. Uh, So and we were just sitting there eating and she was like, look, let's let's throw on The Rise of Skywalker. So it's like, say less. Let's do it. So we played (laughs) it, watched it. Uh, Of course, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. Always, whenever the Han Solo and, and the Kylo Ren moment happens, Maddie looks at me. She's anticipating the tears to come down my face. And um, regardless, it, it always happens. Doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. It always happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what gets me every time I watch that movie? It's uh-huh. not when Leia dies, but when Chewbacca finds out. Mm. When he finds out. Oh, yeah, I, that's tough. That, the first time, actually, the first couple of times I watched that movie in the theater, when he goes down to his knees, oh, I, I, I couldn't do it. I just, <laughs> uh, it made me, it made me cry. I was a straight up baby. Yeah. Just straight up. But yeah. anyway, yeah, it's cool. It's cool whenever, you know, your non Star Wars fan wife will say, mm-hmm. let's watch Star Wars. Cause you're uh-huh. like, what? Really? You, oh, you, it's you, great. We can. <laughs> I can't, it's I get so excited. great. And you have to like internally, like, you're you're Play so off. excited, but you yes. don't have to. You, you can't just be like, Woo, "Let's go!" Woo, we get to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep cool. You know, you have to keep <laughs> the cool. Fir- the first time that happened with us, man, we hadn't been married very long, and she had been randomly walking around the apartment, and she was just kind of going, "Padme Amidala," just like that, <laughs> with that funny kind of sounding voice. And I was like, "Why do you keep saying it like that?" Yeah, and she goes, "I don't know. I just it's it's just on my mind." And I was like, oh, "Okay," and she goes you want to watch Phantom Menace? And I was like, yes. Nice. <laughs> I would just couldn't, I couldn't believe that all the ones she wanted to watch, she wanted to watch Phantom. And I was like, yes, please. Yeah. Let's watch it right now. <laughs> I yeah. got so excited. That's awesome. Well, listen, I have more, you know, I have other things that we've been doing recently. The Mandalorian rewatches, obviously, because we've been doing Boba festivities, Boba festivities each Thursday. Yeah. So to get ready for Boba festivities. So by the way, if you want to get ready for the book of Boba Fett, check us out live on Thursday nights on YouTube at 7 PM central standard time. Uh, and we're, getting ready for that show by re-watching some key Mandalorian episodes as well as reacting to like TV spots, trailers, you name it. So obviously I've been doing that. You know, I went ahead and threw this one in here just for fun. I really enjoy watching any kind of film that hits on the hero's journey because I can always find things like, oh, that's very Star Wars related. That's very Star Wars related. Oh, that reminds me of Luke. So, of course, I have to throw this plug in my favorite film of the year. I've been watching Dune as much as possible still. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm up to five or six viewings at this point. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Listen, me and Jacob, those of you that are heavy listeners of the show, my brother Jacob, we were stay. This it was Thanksgiving night. It was about 11 o'clock when finally, you know, it was just kind of us just chilling. We started talking about Dune. And we got so deep in conversation. Next thing you know, it it's 1 a.m. And we've gotten so deep into the conversation that we're discussing God's role in the Dune universe. That's how deep we got. And I really oh my wish goodness. I really wish that like we had mics and we could have like done a special GVR with it. It was so great. <laughs> that's Im- so awesome. That's impressive. <laughs> that's very impressive. Yeah. But one thing I really really wanted to express with this and this is my last thing as far as my star wars fix goes is my sister-in-law uh me my wife maddie and sister-in-law mother-in-law are going to disney in march and so we're going to be going to galaxy's edge and things like that so my sister yeah yeah i'm gonna rub rub it in in when i can (laughs) 
<laughs> sister-in-law <laughs> is watching the films for the very first time. And she, oh. I told her to start with the original trilogy. So she has wow. just finished A New Hope. She finished Empire Strikes Back. And she finished Return of the Jedi. All three of those. And I tell you what, I don't know if this is just me developing my fandom. My favorite thing in the Star Wars franchise is listening to people's first experience with the franchise. Yes. It is better having those type of conversations. And I'm going to say this, this is going to be hot take. It's better having those conversations than watching the book of Boba Fett or watching the Mandalorian or seeing episode 10, five, 10 years from now. It's just fun. It's just fun having that aspect that that conversation with, with people around you. It's just so much fun. And I have to share this too. She was surprised. Oh, she did not know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister until Return of the Jedi. Wow. And so I was wow. so happy that she could experience that. That was great. <laughs> Man, it's one thing. It's one thing to go a long time without knowing uh, Luke and Vader are father and son. Yeah. Son and father. But it's another thing to not ever know that they're siblings. I feel like yeah. that's pretty common knowledge, you know? Yeah. It was, like, it was like really cool. Me and, uh, me and Maddie, cause she would, she would call us after every time she watched it, uh, watched oh, a, a okay. movie and we talk about something. And after empire, she's like, Oh, what's up with Leia and Luke? Do they have like this connection or something? <laughs> and me and Maddie are just like, huh. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> have you, um, have you ever entertained the machete order at all? I have heavily other... thought about it. I've, so, I've heavily thought about viewing it that way. Um, when, it's fun. If I don't you've know. Done it. Like, yeah, the one, not the traditional machete order. I kind of made my own machete order mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. I do four and five and then I go one, two, three. Interesting. Okay? But, af but after three, you watch six. Okay. That's okay. the traditional machete order, but Correct. then. Oh no, I take that back. It's not six. I then watch solo after, after empire. Okay. Cause I like to get the backstory on Han and Lando. Han. Sure. Yes. That's and cool. then I go, I go from Han and Lando to rogue one. And then I watch hmm. six. Interesting. And then I watch, and then I watch seven, eight, nine. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool and different way to do it. And it's nice when you kind of give the backstory to Han and Lando post yeah. Empire, because then you're because that's always was my question was what what's the deal between these guys? As a kid, I was always wondering that. So whenever Solo came out, I was really stoked on you know seeing that backstory, how they mm -hmm. got to that point. You know, what interesting. I mean? You know, I always thought about if if I was to do the machete order, I feel like I would put Rogue One as the first viewing. And you then could. a new hope. Yeah. And then empire, and then go yeah. back. See, I think that's one. That's a good way to do it. Reason I came up with that version I did was because my wife was nannying these two kids who were like in, like right the grades like right before middle school. You know, she the, mm -hmm. this one girl and then her younger brother. They never seen Star Wars. And, you know, they were interested in it because they heard me talk about it. I'd gone over and helped my wife a couple times whenever I had days off and, um, you know, worked through it with them. Well, we got all the way up to Last Jedi and she was not going to be nannying for them by the time Rise of Skywalker came out. Uh -huh. So we worked it out with their parents so that we could take them to go see 
Rise of Skywalker. That's cool. And uh, they got to experience Star Wars with us as a whole. Yeah. It was really it was a it was a ton of fun. Was a That's ton of awesome. Fun. That's awesome. Well, listen, like I said, I really do genuinely think that some of the best stuff as far as a Star Wars fan is listening to someone's first experience with it with you yes. knowing everything that you know us knowing everything that we know as legit diehard fans it's honestly a it, it's a good this it's a good smack in the face when you talk to somebody that's introduced to it for the first time and they're actually talking about the really important things and you're sitting here thinking about every single small detail it's refreshing <laughs> it's yes, nice it's yes. very nice uh but before okay yes. so last thing before we get to the news uh, we wanted to do one more fun thing. I threw out a, a tweet on Twitter at Mando Talk where I said, you know what? If you got a question, bring a question. And Darth Papa Bear on Twitter sent in this kind of goofy, fun little question. He said, do snow troopers play hockey in their off time? And what would their team names be? I'm going to say 1000% they play hockey. Obviously, I'm in. The state of Tennessee, Nashville Predators, big fan here, Smashville, what, what's up? Let's go. And I'm going to say that the team name for the Snowtroopers playing hockey would be Bucketheads. Okay. <laughs> that's that's not bad, but, you know, Buckethead's kind of more Mandalorian-esque, wouldn't you say? I mean. No. You don't think so? I've always felt Isn't like it? Buckethead was more mando-ish isn't it in rebels that all the all the characters rec that they call the stormtroopers and things like that bucket heads i mean i mean i'm sure they do but you know <laughs> i'm i'm struggling to remember exactly when or if that he, yeah they probably do call them bucket heads i just have forgotten you know that's what it comes comes down to the most yeah uh, as far as that goes i can't you know i i forgot we were doing this part so i've got to think of a decent <laughs> little uh and I, I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, of course they play hockey, you yeah. know, but cause Hoth is one giant ice rink at the end uh -huh. of the day. Absolutely. I mean, why, why, why wouldn't it, you know, why wouldn't they do that? So, but as far as a name goes, that's, that's an interesting concept. Oh man. It would have to be something like, I don't know, oh, man. I don't know. Like they wear those skirts you know you know what i'm talking about Ooh, like I don't oh, even yeah, know what yeah, that's yeah, called. yeah yeah so you could call yeah. it like their whole team could just be skirt because like that's what they do on the ice that's just the I team love it. they're just the skirts <laughs> <laughs> well they, i love that you know darth papa darth papa bear i don't think was the only person who said something if i remember right right that's all i remember that's all see. i remember I, I got it well i retweeted it and got a quote tweet from oh. a fellow Star Wars podcast, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay, what is um, one what, that what's I, that guy? One that I, I, well, I guest spot on this uh, podcast many moons ago, one uh -huh. time, and it's the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Mm -hmm. um, they're out of Chicago. Great guys, um, but the Scuttlebutt they asked this: What are our thoughts on the Sith dagger? Having just watched Rise of Skywalker, I was. I was happy that we got an answer that was somewhat sort of relevant. Yeah. So what are, what are the thoughts on the Sith dagger? <laughs> Plot device. Uh, it's goofy device. how it's goofy how it totally lines up on the first try, but whatever. I mean, I mean I'm again, I'm not after being smacked in the face and my wife saying the Rise of Skywalker is the best one. <laughs> You just got to get over stuff like that. It's fine. Well, it's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, you do as far as the, you know, the story side of it goes. Yeah, sure. But like within the canon on the yeah. other hand, yeah, I think 
that it 100% is a plot device, but mm-hmm. I would have rather the concept of the Sith dagger been incorporated in something like a Sith holocron mm. or even Anakin's lightsaber as it is. Yeah. You know, because mm. that's interesting. Ray can, Ray can sense the dark side in, in the past of that dagger. You mm-hmm. know, she, she looks at it and says, Oh, horrible things have been done with this. And it's like, okay, what about Anakin mowing down younglings? You know, where, where's that dark side energy? <laughs> That's fair. So unless that was absolved when, you know, Vader Luke. turned, turned back to the, the light because of Luke exactly, or yeah. Luke using it even. Yeah. So hmm. the thoughts Man. on the Sith dagger, you know, they, they can go a lot of different directions, but ultimately it's not the, I mean, I would have rather like a holocron. I think a holocron would have made more sense in that scenario rather than like they still could have killed them and the holocron could have done something. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's also an easy answer with her Palpatine lineage. Like, I don't know. Palpatine's heavily involved with the creation of the Death Star. Oh Yeah. Maybe she's just called to the throne room where where Palps always was. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if if she can be called to a weird dank hole on an island. Uh huh. You know, and like in Last Jedi, it makes all the sense in the world to me that she can be called to the, the Death Star. I mean, it makes perfect sense. So. Yeah. I mean, the, right. I still think the dagger's neat, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Having some fun there, you know, reflecting on what we're doing right now during the dead period and, and discussing some of those kind of questions that are that are were sent to us on Twitter. And, and you can always send us questions. We will always always answer them i promise you that and you can even hop over on discord there's a discord link in the description and one-on-one have a conversation with us or just have a conversation with all the folks that are that are in that discord message board and actually i noticed there was a new one today so shout outs shout out to whoever it was i don't know exactly who it was because you know discord has just random usernames so it's hard to put okay this is who it was but but it was a star wars name it It was was. americs the Maris. Nice. Yeah, that is the name of the ship that Cal Kestis flies around on in Fallen Order. Yeah. If I remember Ooh. correctly. Okay. So. I did not make that so, connection. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> someone's got to. I mean, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's finally get to our main news piece of this week's edition of our news roundup, our news discussion of the week. And that is the following Deadline is reporting that Patty Jenkins has removed herself from a directorial role in the Cleopatra film to focus on Wonder Woman 3 and Rogue Squadron. So before we dive into this, I just want to give a brief reminder of the Rogue Squadron reports in the past few weeks. First thing, a report indicates that Rogue Squadron would be delayed indefinitely due to scheduling conflicts. That was from The Hollywood Reporter. So I am still personally considering that very legit. I still think there are definitely uh, scheduling conflicts that are impacting Rogue Squadron. And then the next thing that really caused a surge on the interwebs, as we like to say over here, Online rumors began circulating that there were creative differences, specifically with the script. I will say, for me personally, I feel like I have to say that I was wrong. In my opinion, this is my reaction to this new news, though, that Patty Jenkins has removed herself from 
Cleopatra. I said that I thought that Rogue Squadron was on the brinks of getting completely canceled. That was my take after the online craziness of those two other things that I briefly reminded you guys of. I was wrong. I think that this coming from deadline and Patty Jenkins making the decision to remove herself from being a director on Cleopatra puts the anchor down the flag down that she is dedicated to ensuring that rogue squadron happens. And my initial reaction to this is fantastic. We have a director that is that energized and wanting to do a Star Wars project, and I am here for it. Those are my initial thoughts. So let me pass it back to DJ before I dive any further. What do you think of this news? I think this is fantastic news. I mean, you know, anytime a director is willing to essentially shaft another project and a highly anticipated project, lest we forget, I mean, it is Gal Gadot as Cleopatra, and it was supposed to be her director from Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 2. Um, Patty Jenkins. So the fact that she, Patty, she being Patty, steps away from that role, I think is very telling of her priorities, what she truly wants to focus her energy on. And really, when you think about it, what's better? A story about a dead Egyptian, you know, ruler Mm. or X-Wings, you know, I think X-Wings is cooler, first of all. And don't get me wrong, I still want to see the Cleopatra movie. I mean, the director that's replacing um, Patty Jenkins is from Falcon and Winter Soldiers Correct. series. Yeah. And since she's taking on that role, it's still going to be great because I love Falcon Winter Soldier. It ended up being probably of the Marvel projects that have come out this year. You know, I mean, Hawkeye still, you know, jury's out on it, even though it's been pretty fantastic so far. It's been fun. Um, yeah, Falcon, I'm thinking, is probably up there right behind WandaVision for me is my favorite for the mm. year. Mm. Uh, WandaVision was my favorite. You know, Falcon Winter Soldier's right behind it, and Loki's third, which I think is shocking probably to a lot of people. But knowing that she's doing this with Gal Gadot is just like, great. We've got an actor or a director who knows how to work with actors who have also been superheroes and knows how to handle a big production. Yeah, of course, and Gal Gadot is no stranger to big productions, so... I think it's perfect on that sense as far as taking that role and giving it over there. As far as Patty goes, it to me, it makes all of my doubts where the story was going and where the, I'm not the story so much, but where the project was going, I had a lot of doubts in it. And I, I often thought, okay, and I even said this on the show last time around, that um, the, the idea of multiple projects about X-Wings, I thought that was kind of odd. Rogue Squadron being one of those. And then also, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Rangers of the New Republic. The fact that Rangers is now gone and now they're going to put all this X-Wing type stuff into, you know, Rogue Squadron's great. And don't forget Kathy Kennedy. Kathy Kennedy. Kathy Kennedy. Who? What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. But she she said um, that they're going to like absolve that rangers material into other star wars projects so who's to say they don't take what they were going to use for rangers and put into rogue squadron and maybe that's one of the reasons patty is like willing to work on this it's like hey look you had all these ideas over here that i liked i couldn't use them can i use them now and now Mm -hmm. that's where they're potentially reworking 
the story since the rumor is out there that she wasn't a fan of the where the story was going. So yeah, you know, I think that these these rumors, there may be there's legitimacy to these rumors. Yes. Where Sometimes there, there's what's not that, that yeah. saying, uh, where there is smoke, there is fire. Yes, exactly. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And we need to come up with a Star Wars version of that. And I haven't I haven't thought of one off the top of my head. We but need anyway, to come until, up with one. Hey, hey, we'll if you're come, listening, let us know in Discord, Twitter, or in the comments. <laughs> yes, please. But anyway, you know, you're right. I think where there's smoke, there's fire, as you so perfectly put. And I think that this is something that very easily could be uh, what we see, you know, on the back end of this project. And it's a project I think that Lucasfilm is very dedicated to putting on screen. You know, the anything, X-Wings are awesome. You know, I want to yeah. see X-Wings blow up TIE Fighters. I want to see X-Wings blow up just about anything. In fact, I want to watch X-Wings blow up, you know. <laughs> it's just it's just fun to uh-huh. watch the that those ships fly around. So anything that we get along those lines to me, you know, is great. And the fact and, and I come back to Patty again, the fact that she's willing to play ball mm. and get in there and, and drop a whole project to focus her efforts on things she's truly passionate about. That, yeah, I love hearing that as a fan. I love hearing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for me, I guess kind of the next thing that I want to take this to is, is kind of when we still do we still expect it to make that 2023 date that has been set? I know for me personally, I still don't know if that date's going to happen. Why? Yes, she is committing to Rogue Squadron. That's great. I now believe that we're going to be getting the film. That is a step up from where I was previously. Believe yeah, me. No. Uh, but I was reading Bestman Bulletin. He he wrote on this, and, and I always like going. I like going to Star Wars Newsnet. I like going to Bestman Bulletin. Those are my top two. Bestman Bulletin was sharing that the that he believes that Wonder Woman three will be coming out in twenty twenty three, which is making me believe. Okay, if, if Wonder Woman three is being produced first then I feel like Patty is going to be delayed with Rogue Squadron then. And so I guess for me, I'm still expecting Rogue Squadron to be delayed, but this is still positive news. What do you think uh, along those lines? I think the dropping Cleopatra to focus on Wonder Woman and Rogue makes a lot of sense because, you know, she, she's been involved with DC and Warner Brothers for quite some time now. Uh, what was it? Wonder Woman came out like what in 2017. So it's been, it's been a long it's been partnership a she, she's had over there or 2016 maybe. But um, I think that that has a lot to do with it. You know, just being working through the schedule. It's like, okay, we, I can't do Cleopatra, Wonder Woman and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So well, I don't want to get rid of Star Wars and I don't want to get rid of Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman, I'm already invested in. And Star Wars, we already did a whole promo video for it. And I, I, I'm very emotionally invested in it. You know, what, what is the, the thing that doesn't make sense for me to be a part of? Mm. And it makes sense that she's not a part of Cleopatra. So to answer your question, or really just kind of respond, I guess, to what you said. Yeah, it makes sense that Rogue Squadron is definitely happening at this point. No doubt yeah. in my mind. But I don't think it'll be if it's 2023, it's like December 2023. Um, well, that's when it's that was when it's slated. So like when's Wonder Woman three slated? I think it's probably summer months. So in that case, let's move Rogue Squadron back to May of 2024 
and have mm. a summer blockbuster movie because I'll be on- I don't know if Lucasfilm's comfortable with that anymore because it's solo, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, that was their fault, though. Yeah, that was no, it was. They had yeah. La- Last Jedi came out in December and then they had solo come out in May. They mm-hmm. had almost no time to promote it. You know, that was just a PR nightmare. I mean, it was yeah. a marketing nightmare. It was ever so I think that w- they're willing to make that happen as long as it doesn't interfere with a TV project that could potentially mm-hmm. be out there. Yeah, that's another, that, yeah, that's a great point. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. And look at what they did with Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian season one. They moved a whole episode of Mandalorian up a, a full week so mm-hmm. it would come out before Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. And that was the episode where Grogu healed force heal. Grief yeah. Karga, Force Heal. And then it set up Rise of Skywalker with the Force Heal. Yep. I mean, if they, and I think they learned that lesson from Last Jedi. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we've got something really weird and wild here. Let's not freak the fans out. Let's move the Grogu thing up a week. And that way, when it gets to Rise of Skywalker, I'll be like, oh, Grogu did that three days ago. Like, yeah. okay, it's all good, <laughs> you know? And it was literally three days. It was like, it came, no, it came out on Wednesday. And then the next day, it was uh, the first showing on that Thursday for Rise of Skywalker. So it was literally one day ahead. It was just insane that they did it the way they did. Now, all that to say, I, I think that they've learned the lesson of the marketing thing. I think if they give, you know, Rogue Squadron three months worth of, of marketing, like they've kind of done with Spider-Man. Yeah. I think it'll work out. I think it'll work out for a t- mm. May of 2024. I'm not, it, in my opinion, I don't care. It could come out freaking Valentine's oh, day. Yeah, no doubt. I don't care. I mean, be I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch it. So yeah, you know, the, the day it comes out does not bother me. I just want it. <laughs> so just release it. It's kind of how I look at it. Facts. Absolute facts. Well, yeah. DJ, do you have anything else you want to mention about Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron or anything along those lines before we hit our next kind of smaller news piece? Just that I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited that she's sticking with star Wars yeah. and, um, you know, that's that's where I hope she stays for maybe a couple more projects. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I just thought of something to say. I mean, I take out of this, too, that if, in fact, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. If there are creative differences, I think this speaks volumes as far as Lucasfilm learning how to handle that, because I feel like creative differences two years ago results in leaving the project. But it seems like Patty Jenkins, Lucasfilm, Kathy Kennedy are working hard to fight through those differences and produce yeah. the project like they, they said they were going to. And, and that makes me happy that, that we've learned, that we've overcome that hurdle and we're willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll drink to that. I love that. <laughs> All right, listen. Let us know what you think, those of you out there. Um, let us know in the comments, in the live chat, in the Discord, at Twitter, whatever. Let us know what you think of this Rogue Squadron news. Are you excited for Rogue Squadron? Are you excited for Patty Jenkins being back on board? Are you excited for her doubling down and saying, look, Star Wars is this important to me? Sounds like we are very thrilled over here. All right. The next news piece, a little shorter, a little smaller, but worth mentioning, Star Wars Hunters. The upcoming game for Nintendo Switch and mobile devices releases an official gameplay trailer. And I must admit, this was surprisingly very good. It looks a lot of fun, and I would love to get my hands on it. I just do not have 
a Nintendo Switch. I also don't personally have a mobile device that I feel confident would run this game smoothly. So we'll see. Uh, but looks a lot of fun. It's going to focus on 4v4 battles. And I would have to say that I think it would it would be a fantastic idea if the audience wants to do this for us to kind of have like a Mando talk. Let's get together 4v4. If, if you want to watch with us live and play with us live, let's do it. I think that that would be a great uh, thing to do with our listeners. And then the other thing that I'll say before passing it back to DJ is if you're on YouTube, you can see an image of some of the characters that are in Hunters. First thing that I think of when I see this is clearly the producers, the developers of this game are trying to pull at that Fortnite thread. I mean, it looks very similar to Fortnite, very it's, it's colorful, very, Fortnite, very, yes. very playful. And I mean, that's what's that's what's working right now. So I can't blame them. All right, DJ, what do you think about Star Wars Hunters? I, I watched the trailer for this today, actually, because uh -huh. I, I guess I just missed it because I know it came out a couple days ago or yesterday. And I, I don't know. I just missed it. So I watched it today and I was thoroughly impressed as well. I I'm not a mobile gamer. I don't own a Nintendo Switch, but I'm going to probably get this game. There you uh, go. It, it looks like a lot of fun. And and you said it, you took the words right out of my mouth, a Mando Talk, you know, league or something where we all play. Oh. I, I think that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And on top of, on top of it, just that, I mean, you know, I'm looking at, I was looking at these characters and I got to ask you, maybe you noticed it, maybe, maybe somebody else did. Is that an Ugnaught sitting inside of a Droidica? Yes. Dude, that is freaking awesome. And before I saw that, I was like, I'm leaning towards being a Jawa. I would love to be the Jawa character, but I don't know. Ugnaught rolling around in a Droidica? Man, hey, hold up. Star Wars Hunters representing the Ugnaughts and the Jawas for Mando Talk, baby. <laughs> hey you know what you know what i never even consider that you know what i you know what though i think i'm partial to the jawa because i keep my airpods uh -huh. under lock and key in a jawa uh case there you which go is is very very bulky actually it's pretty thick but anyway i'm not here to review jawa airpod <laughs> holders um you know i'm here to talk about star wars hunters i i want this game i think it's a lot of fun and any any way to connect with other star wars fans i think is great Twitter's fantastic. You know, YouTube's great. Discord's even better. Go join it. But, you know, having having a, something to, like, play, you know, and even Star Wars Battlefront's great, too, but something kind of different, you know, if I'm, you know, bored at sitting around waiting, I don't know, just can get my phone out and play it real quick. And, you know, I don't know how it all works yet, but I, I really want it. I want to try it out and hope, hope somebody else out there wants to, you know, fight me as a Jawa or an Ugnaught. Oh. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get the people. We will get the people. Mando talk. We people, are going. Pe people will come, Ray. People will <laughs> That's come. right. That's right. We're going to make it happen. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You let us know, uh, those of you out there listening, if you're going to get Star Wars Hunters, and if you are, you best believe we playing. We are going to be playing Star Wars Hunters. That way we can connect with our audience a little bit more, and that's what we're all about here at Mando Talk. All right, listen. Those two things were the only news pieces of the week, believe it or not. But that gives us some time to bring back the fan favorite segment of Fair Enough. Last week, DJ dropped a bomb uh, without us being prepared to do Fair Enough, which is great. 
So I tell you what, I'm going to cue the music like normal. And then DJ is going to have to expand upon his fair enough from last week. All right. Let's All right. officially bring back fair enough. Fair enough. What's the situation, Captain? That's right. Fair enough. Let's get it. Fair enough is the segment where me and DJ share some hot takes in the Star Wars franchise. It could be books, uh, series, comics, films, you name it. Regardless, across the board, we share a hot take of the week for Star Wars. You know, when we have time to do fair enough. It's been a while since we've done it. But listen, you, our listener, can get involved with fair enough if you want to have a fair enough entry. Use the hashtag fair enough and send it to at Mando talk on Twitter. We will read it. We will discuss it. Or you could also do the same thing on discord and we will do the same thing. You use the hashtag fair enough. We will discuss it. We will read it and we will have all sorts of fun. Those are the two options. If you want to have the have get in on the fun with fair enough. Okay. DJ. Now is the proper time for us to dive deeper into your uh, very interesting, fair enough, uh, take, accidental take last week. What? Remind the listeners of this. Remind them. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta limber up real quick for this one. This is for our audio listeners. I am, I'm doing calisthenics. <laughs> I am stretching, not just because I need it, but also because this one warrants it. All right. <laughs> Uh, I teased it up sort of accidentally mm-hmm. <laughs> last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, yeah. But I I am perfectly fine mm-hmm. if I never see Grogu again mm-hmm. in The Mandalorian. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Not mean, really, but you, whatever. It, it, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, you know, I'll hear you out. I'll this hear is you kinda, out. This is my perspective at, you know, from very beginning in in episode one chapter one of the mandalorian season one when he first appeared i thought cool it's a baby yoda all right i don't we didn't know we still don't know yoda species we have no idea the name i love the idea of there being a baby yoda grogites (laughs) yoda yodites (laughs) um I, i love the idea of there being a baby yoda type character and and you know, one problem I have even now with the Mandalorian is that this entire show is revolving around one character and it's not the Mandalorian. It's, it's Grogu. Mm. Um, why name the show the Mandalorian if it's all about the little green guy? Mm. You know, he's not really a Mandalorian mm-hmm. technically. He's technically a foundling. I'll give him that. But, you know, I've always kind of not liked that even though I love hmm. both the show. I love the show. And I'm, I'm being real cavalier when I say that, and I'm doing so on purpose mm-hmm. because I do love the show. I love both characters. I, I woke up every morning way too early and watched it like everybody else. Excuse me. But I was just under the impression going into this show that when it was announced, it was going to be this gritty bounty hunter on the move type story and it is i guess it's just i my expectations was were subverted in a very fun way i'll get i'll give you 
but at the same time it, it's still one of those like okay you know that's part that's kind of part of it so i'm still looking forward to book of boba fett hoping to get some gritty bounty hunter stuff which i'm pretty sure we will and we not to say we haven't got that in mandalorian i'm just saying you know that was a big part of it now that doesn't mean i dislike grogu that doesn't mean i dislike din Djarin. Uh, i like what grogu's character has brought to this literally the the world not just star wars but like to existence because you know what ended up happening was people cared about that little guy you know people were concerned about his safety and how he was going to get back to his kind and and who were those people going to be you know people people were genuinely interested in that you know because of him we got luke skywalker being peak jedi i mean you don't get all these things without grogu so for me, it's it's kind of a two-edged sword. While I appreciate Grogu and I appreciate what that character has done for the franchise and the fandom and almost single-handedly unifying the fandom, which is, you know, a miracle in and of itself, you know, I, I just, I'm okay if, if I don't see him again because he did go off with Luke. I don't expect, I don't expect to see Luke again. For the mm-hmm. people out there who think we're going to see Luke again, I'm just not holding out for that. Um, unless Grogu can speak full sentences and fly his own spaceship, you know, I, I just, I, I really don't think that Grogu's coming back necessarily. And that's, that's what I want to say about the fair enough. I randomly threw out there last week. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, I, I have, I have a separate, a different one for tonight if the night goes that way, but right. Um, and if not, we'll just say that for another time. I, under, I understand kind of your take on that. I guess for me, my the pros outweigh the cons, if you will. Like you mentioned, the Luke Skywalker moment doesn't happen without Grogu. So I feel like that in itself is enough to that I really appreciate it. And also, I also get your take about, look, it's called The Mandalorian. We should be focused on The Mandalorian. And I feel like I would you know, see more what you're saying if we weren't getting the book of Boba Fett. Like if the Mandalorian was the only bounty hunter focused Mandalorian show we were getting, then I would be like, well, okay, I really wanted like a dark bounty hunter, awesome, bad to the bone Mandalorian story. We're not really getting that. But I feel like with book of Boba, maybe, maybe that is also helping me see more so of the pros of having Grogu. Okay, th- those are the things I wanted to say. All right, my fair enough. My fair enough. I have two, really, but I've been internally debating on which one I want to share this week. I'll just go ahead and share the first one that I have written, and this is in response to the viewing of The Rise of Skywalker last night, and that is this. The beloved characters of Ahsoka and Ezra must die. They do not need to be alive anymore. Uh, I don't think that Ray's story is important or as important, I guess I should say, if those two Jedi are still out there. I feel like the sequels would feel better and play better if all Jedi are wiped out other than Luke Skywalker and probably Grogu at this point. If all of those other key Jedi at this point aren't there, I feel like that would serve Ray's story. I feel like that would make people understand the importance of Ray a little bit more. And I also think that that would make sense with hearing Ahsoka's voice there at the end of the rise of Skywalker as well. But I think Dave Filoni has come out to say that that doesn't necessarily mean that she's dead fully. So I know there's still not like a canon answer with it, but I just feel like while yes, 
I really want to see Ahsoka and Ezra as long as possible. I also, I think more so would enjoy Star Wars, like I've said earlier in the show, sticking a flag in it and saying, look, Ray is the main character of the sequels. She must be the only Jedi remaining for her character to really thrive. So by the time the end of Ahsoka or the Mandoverse or whatever comes, Ahsoka and Ezra must die. And I hate saying that. They're fan favorites. I love to see them, but we got to kill them. What do you think? Well, first of all, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> secondly, I see, I agree with you, except on two things you mentioned. Okay. Um, in the end of Rise of Skywalker, when Ray hears all the voices of the Jedi, mm -hmm. she does not hear a Grogu voice. And she Fair. does not hear, she does not hear Ezra's voice. Fair. She does hear Kanan. She does hear Kanan's voice. Correct. But here's why I think they, those two characters, should stick around. Um, I, I want to see Episode Ten, just like anybody else does, mm. and with the introduction of Ahsoka into uh, live action, and a character like Grogu we have these implications from rebels as well, which means Ezra, I don't care what anybody says, Ezra and Thrawn are coming to Ahsoka. It's just the writing is on the wall. It's as, it's as clear as Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire <laughs> coming back to, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's that clear, you know, denying it at this point is just dumb, you know? Yeah. So the fact that, you know, that is on the table makes me hope that Ezra and Grogu will be potential, episode 10 and maybe even episode 11 type of mentors mm. to ray by perchance that'd be interesting you know ezra has mm, he was like 14 at the beginning of rebels and that yeah. was that took place over the course of three or four years so by the time it's over he's 17 <clears throat> add three to that you get what is that uh 20 and then add another 30 he's 50 by the time the by the time episode seven starts so draw a quick line 50 plus however many years between episode seven eight nine you know then mm -hmm. how whatever the gap is to 10 you could have an old wizard and his name could be ezra bridger and you just re you just kind of copy and paste obi-wan and then literally copy and paste yoda Look, yeah. the sequel trilogy is already proven. They're not afraid of copying pasting from the original trilogy. Correct. Not to mention George Lucas copy and pasted him everything, not everything, but a good portion of the original trilogy into the prequels. You know, Yoda's there, Obi-Wan's there, Darth Vader's there. You know, there's a lot that the Emperor's there. I mean, it's 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 all semantics at the end mm -hmm. of the day. You know what I mean? So yeah. <clears throat> I, I agree that Ahsoka has to die. Mm -hmm. in order for her I, I just it makes sense all the other voices she heard were dead jedi dead. yeah yeah i mean all of them were dead jedi and so it just makes sense that ahsoka would be dead in that moment but it doesn't to me make sense that grogu and, and ezra would be dead mm -hmm. um I, and that's yeah that's, no, my, no, no. that's my explanation for that you know i definitely don't think grogu is gonna die um i just think i'm personally kind of to the point where while yes copy and paste it works obviously but uh, not ever not the sequels didn't land for everybody so maybe we should get away from that copy and paste formula that's I just kind of where i'm but, at 
but as long as Ezra and Grogu are still on the table, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, they are, you know, until the end of Ahsoka or the end of Mandalorian season three or yeah. Boba Fett, who knows, you know, until that's all said and done, you know, I'm leaving them as options personally. Yeah. So I don't disagree with you mm-hmm. about Ahsoka, you know, but yeah. I still think that it's a possibility that they could go that direction and Ray yeah. could be the only Jedi. I will say, speaking of that, the, the idea of Ray being the only Jedi left does mm-hmm. add so much more weight to seven, eight, and nine because of things Snoke said and what Palpatine was trying to do. You know, it, it adds a whole, whole other element if there's literally nothing left to be discussed there. So, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there as well. in what you said, in fact, you know, not all of it was good, first of all, but yeah, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. <laughs> all right. That's fair. That's fair. All right, DJ, what's we can, your... We can, we can fight about it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your fair enough for this week? Off the so, Grogu train. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually still on the sequel trilogy train. In fact, behind me, I put up my Last Jedi Ray Funko Pop. If you can mm-hmm. see it, it's there. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. I, I uh, This week's fair enough has a lot to do with the last jedi and uh here it is the last jedi is a good movie even though i believe it has its flaws um Fair i know enough. there's some people who there's some people out there who would just hate that opinion but you know there the character issues mostly center around center around finn poe and rose you know those characters needed more development and they got a really lackluster subplot in my opinion um but what the movie does right is ray Kylo Ren, and I'll even say Luke. I think it did those those three characters very well and very right. Um, I I know, I know, and I it's one of those. I'm rewatching it last week, and I'm like, you know what? I really kind of like what they're doing here. Um, every time I watch this movie, I feel like the weight of Luke's failure to train Ben Solo is is very much on my chest as well. And hmm. I feel I I really do feel that conflict between Ray and Kylo, especially knowing what comes in in rise of skywalker you know i root for all all three of those characters to come to grips with the reality that is the the story it's being told and just face it you know Mm. ray ray desperately searching for a place in the world ben dealing with the death of han and the murder of his dad too you know luke coming back to the force and seeing that redemption in a very different but somehow beautiful way plus you know this added bonus you get to see that story arc with Luke go into Rise of Skywalker whenever he lifts the X-Wing out of the water. You know, there's so much going on there. I think it's a grand story in many ways, and it's weaved into a place that's overall satisfactory. Hmm. And I would say to anyone who hasn't revisited The Last Jedi in a while to do so and just look kind of deeply into the messages that Ryan Johnson was trying to convey, whether, whether you agree with them or not, I still think it's worth revisiting for the sake of really just my point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, I agree. Ray and Kylo were done good. I, I still, after all the revisiting and after all the soul searching and, and everything that I've tried to do to understand mm-hmm. Luke's story, while yes, there are things in there that I love, there are equally as much or more so things that I don't like as far as maybe Luke's story next, goes maybe the next time we have a slow news week we should prepare uh not a debate but a debate between the two of us <laughs> and 
And you know what I mean? Like a, a genuinely, you know, nice, you know, healthy debate on Luke specifically in The Last Jedi. Sure. That, that way might, we can be interesting. Maybe we could just hash out these problems and have another therapy session like we did therapy a couple weeks session. ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, listen, that is this week's Burn Enough. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you liked it. Um, you don't have another one? Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to save another- it. I got to save it. Oh, fair, hey, save fair it. enough. Fair enough. This is all I, about. Like I said, if you want to get involved with fair enough, please use that hashtag fair enough on Twitter or discord. And we will definitely include you uh, for our fair enough segment. Let's go ahead and end the fair enough segment with that beautiful track. Like we always do. Fair enough. What's the situation? Captain? All right, that is this week's episode of Mando Talk as far this week's this first episode of the week of Mando Talk, because on Thursdays we do uh, Boba festivities. We are now ready for Boba festivities number three, number three. And I can't wait to do it. Can't wait to hit it because we are getting ready for the book of Boba Fett. We got some news pieces, new images that I know that are going to be on the agenda for that show. Uh, and we'll also be reviewing or I guess reviewing, re-reviewing, revisiting, yeah. <laughs> revisiting a chapter of The Mandalorian that features Boba Fett. We're going to try to pull things from it and uh, see what could go into the book of Boba Fett from that chapter. We might also revisit the one that I covered solo last week, see if maybe there were some things that DJ uh, mi- thought of that maybe I missed or some things that I said that DJ views as problematic. That's fine. We might do that. We'll add that to the agenda, but regardless, we'll get you and us ready for the book of Boba Fett on Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. DJ, thank you for being here yet again, even though definitely your uh, your transmissions were definitely being jammed on this uh, edition, but that's okay. We pushed through it just like the Rebel Alliance would do. DJ, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Don't wear a Star Wars Christmas sweater indoors, even though you think it's a good idea. There you go. Because by the time you finish your podcast session, you're going to want to rip it off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is so hot. It's so hot. (laughs) Well, listen, we hope that your ears are hot with the beauty of the Mando Talk podcast in this week's episode all right let's get out of here we will see you on thursday for boba festivities number three and until then as always we have spoken